Welcome to Beyond BIM. How often do we hear about the problem of interoperability discussed ad nauseum? And how often do we feel as though a discussion on the solution is still missing? We've all heard about IFCs and semantic web, but what about connection profiles? Today's episode, I'm pleased to bring to you a discussion with Anto Buduardo on the potential solution to the interoperability conundrum. This is mainly to discuss the potential solution to keeping the digital threads and digital fabrics in the digital twin world in a constant connection and with system integration. Anto is a veteran in the connected building space. Since 1989, he has led the development and promotion of building connectivity and integration technologies. His first product, the CDC Engine, first installed in 1991, was deployed widely in the UK and Europe through integrators and OEMs. The so-called engine was the first PC-based integration platform and a graphical user interface for buildings. But today, Anto is focused on a new venture to bring system integration into the internet era with an online integration and collaboration platform called Paddy.io. Core to his current work is the advocacy of connection profiles, an integration mechanism created by Paddy and now being adopted as an open mechanism by digital twin communities, including the Digital Twin Consortium. This tool really could be a stepping stone for integration for building twins and beyond. And now let's hear more from Anto directly on system integration for digital twins. So thank you, Anto, for joining us on Beyond BIM. It's a pleasure. We'd like to start off with finding out a little bit more about Paddy.io and what has been the mission of this platform since founding it. Um, thanks for the question and thanks for uh, having me on this uh, on this podcast. Um, I have been focused on integration of systems in and around buildings um, since the uh, 1990s, so for about 30 years. So um, uh, I built about half a dozen platforms over those years, um, both in, the, in Europe and in the US. Um, and so um, Paddy is a uh, take on uh, integrating systems in the age of the internet. Right. We now have this thing called the Internet where everything's connected to it. We have the Internet of Things. Right. So um, there, there are obviously many different integration platforms um, that use the Internet, but it's not centered around the Internet. It's not built in the Internet age. Right. So Paddy is exactly that. We started Paddy, the, the project, about three years ago. And the thinking was that we have all of these different systems now um, on the Internet uh, using common um, user interface technology, HTML, and using all sorts of REST APIs and things uh, all on the Internet. Right. So uh, why are we building integration platform that doesn't actually use that? Why do we build a, try and build a box, whether it's hardware or software, to try and sort of ingest and normalize data, which is sort of do it the old way. So Paddy is a take on uh, on doing integration um, using the internet, and it and it aggregates um, user interfaces as well as uh, allowing data integration from any uh, two points in the uh, on the internet. So that that's really sort of the mission. Our mission. So 
from your work to date and with the mission that entails around PADI, do you foresee that integration in the AEC world may improve in more recent times? And if so, how do you foresee that happening? I think it has to improve, right? I think the um, I think we all know that data is um, key to uh, a lot of digital twin or smart systems or however you want to sort of um, structure the conversation. And data that's not used, the data is not flowing, data is not going to the places where uh, data can be used to inform decision making is really not very good. I mean, it's, it's not very good to have data that's not used, right? So the flow of data across all of the different systems in and around um, buildings and other assets is really key, right? So um, I, 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 don't, I don't think there is a, um, a future in, in, in the, this industry without really sort of acknowledging uh, that data is important and moving data between different systems and using it in a, in a way that is uh, that is beneficial to the to the purpose of the uh, all of our um, sort of professional sort of uh, aspirations is uh, really key. If we follow that thread of data, and you already mentioned digital twins as well, where would you say we are with the current state of digital twins in the built environment? If we take your perspective as a as an outsider, you said you have had extensive experience in IoT automation. So if you take a glimpse into the AEC sector, what would you say the current state is? I think the current state is um, uh, probably two words, data silos, right? There is a lot of data because a lot of um, manufacturers and a lot of technologists have created a lot of really cool and, and useful technologies and products and services. Um, but in the main, they are still siloed. Right, and they're still sort of 20th century thinking of, of data. Right, so um, the and uh, for data to flow, silos uh, they may need to be silos for uh, because silos really sort of reflect what needs to happen within a domain, um, and they're very focused on whatever it is, whether it's lighting or um, uh, other disciplines. Um, but the fact that they are they, the it's very difficult to move data. Uh, between these silos makes it really, really difficult to to get a holistic sort of um, understanding of what's going on, not just in uh, at any given um, stage of a building life cycle, but through the building life cycle, uh, life cycle all the way from uh, conceptualization, design, construction, and all the way to operation and maintenance. So the siloing is the, I would say, the biggest challenge in, in buildings and and that that has a technology sort of impact because it, it, it makes technology not work difficult to work but it has a, a huge impact also the siloing effect on the sort of the the business um, of uh, extracting the business value of all of these all of this technology right so it makes it really difficult to convey or to um, to talk about the business uh, value of all of these different systems if they're siloed right so i think um, somehow aggregate um, um, making the data flow is good from a technology perspective but also so also good from a perspective of uh, demonstrating and uh, and actually doing um, the the use of data for for whatever purpose was um, was necessary and 
to improve that data flow, I believe you've done some work on data integration. Can you talk us through a little bit more about what you've done to overcome one of the biggest challenges that the AEC industry faces? So um, having been thinking about integration for, for 30 years um, and built a, no- a number of platforms and, and seen many others, uh, we know how not to do it. Uh, and uh, one of the sort of challenges technically when you want to connect systems together is just the, the, the large number of protocols and semantics and ontologies and sort of different ways people actually think about information and, and how they transport data. And the, the, the sort of the traditional way to solve that is let's create another standard or another ontology that's going to be better than everybody else. And all you get at the end of that process is yet one more ontology or protocol, right? So that doesn't really solve the, the, the problem. Um, and so the, the, the mechanism that we created um, about uh, 18 months ago is, uh, is called connection profiles. So connection profile has a sort of a different way to think about integration. Connection profile basically takes a use case, right, of why system A needs to talk to system B to perform a specific function, whatever that function is, right? So it's very, very clear, A needs to talk to B to do X, mm-hmm. right? That is a sort of a, a, what we describe as an integration use case. So what, what happens with connection profile is you take that use case and you codify it, right? So you basically say, okay, when you want to do that, A connecting to B to do that, um, this is the, or these are the ways to do it because there may be more than one way of doing it, right? So um, the one way of doing it is to use this particular technology, which is a PubSub or some other API. Another way of doing it is um, using other sort of REST APIs and other mechanism, right? So what happens is you codify them and you may end up with multiple connection profiles that define exactly how A needs to talk to B to do X, right? And the profiles then are given names. They're unique in the same way that domain names are unique. There's only one CNN.com, so all connection profiles have names. So the names are a reflection of how to do that use case that was actually the foundation of uh, the creation of that connection profile, right? So what then happens is that manufacturers of um, products and systems and services would um, uh, develop their product or implement um, sort of code within their product to be compatible with certain connection profiles that make sense to them, depending on what their product is, either to be a server of information or to be a consumer of information, right? So you build that into your product, right? So Acme product um, would have a certain connection profile and say, I can be a server to that. And another product will actually say, I can be a client to that. And when they meet at the project, at installation time, when they meet um, a broker and Patty is uh, a broker to do exactly this. So this is uh, the the relationship between the two. But a broker um, can then say, okay, you need to connect. Right, um, and that connection is is not a complicated process. Um, it may require some configuration, but basically, it's a plug and play mechanism. 
and uh, the the products on both ends would then know how to behave to actually allow data to flow, right? So it actually then creates the the communication path, right? So connection profiles is um, uh, we think is a key way of doing that, and it um, and it really is uh, sort of thinking about the integration problem in the internet sort of um, context, right? Because the 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 key thing about connection profile is that the uh, we don't try and um, normalize the data, right? To whatever Paddy wants it to be, right? We don't actually do that. The connection profile allows the connection, the, the data flow, to actually occur across the internet using whatever profile, uh, so whatever uh, protocol, and whatever semantics and ontologies and everything else that is needed by that particular use case. So each connection profile have different um, uh, methodologies of communicating, uh, but when they come um, when they come across each other in the field, they'll know how to behave. Right, so that dramatically reduces the um, the installation cost and also the maintenance cost of um, uh, integration between systems. So connection profile is is um, uh, being sort of uh, going through the sort of process of validating it and making sure that it actually does what it's uh, promising to do. Um, we put it um, into the um, public domain as a, an open source mechanism um, a few months back, um, and it's making its way through the Digital Twin Consortium um, in, in, um, in, in the US as a way of uh, integrating systems to make systems interoperable with each other using this mechanism. And I'm guessing that from what you describe, this uh, connector is applicable not just for the built environment, really. Is it irrespective of which sector you're operating in? Correct. It... um uh, in the that that sort of makes it really interesting in the context of digital twins because digital twins is obviously not just about buildings it's about infrastructure um, sort of mining and minerals and aerospace and even sort of um, human health right so um, one of the the things that we we're doing within the digital twin consortium is to uh, sort of explore how the applicability of connection profile in these different verticals, right? Um, we don't know yet whether it will be applicable to, to, to all, um, and that's kind of the process. We know it's very, it, we know we have a pretty good understanding that in the infrastructure space with buildings and sort of those kind of assets, um, it has a lot of um, um, uh, potential. Um, but yes, very, very broad um, application area. So how could one get started with connection profiles? Let's say I'm an organization, I'm interested in improving the data flows. Do I need to hire a data scientist, a data specialist to deal with these connectors? How can I get started with using them? Uh, there's probably a role for data scientists in the, in the middle of all of that. Um, but um, I would hope that... Um, it becomes almost sort of, as I mentioned earlier, sort of a plug and play mechanism because data scientists are far and few between and they're expensive, right? So one of the problems is, I think I mentioned this earlier, scalability. If you're relying on data scientists every time you want to connect two systems, we're we're not going to get anywhere, right? So connection profile is, is all about 
sort of um, uh, making integration scalable by making it really simple to do so that you don't need data data scientists. You obviously need data scientists to think about what connection profiles to, to, to you need in the first place when you design it, but not on a project or project level. In terms of um, engagement, um, we're um, having this sort of conversation. It, it's still early stages, and but the concept of connection profile itself is, is very well sort of defined. Um, it may not be the sort of the final thing. It may sort of morph a little bit, but it is pretty clear. Um, so it's being discussed in the DTC uh, significantly. So join the DTC and be part of that. Um, I was just um, yesterday, in fact, um, named um, a chair of a new um, Tiger team within the DTC for specifically to do with uh, interoperability. So there'll be a lot of, sort of discussions about connection profiles in that group within the uh, as well as other areas within the DTC and hopefully with other um, uh, digital twin initiatives around the world. I know in, in the UK, obviously, there's uh, CDBB. We're very keen to, to see how connection profiles can fit into that, um, the, the, the thinking that's going on in the UK. Um, we're having sort of discussions about how it can uh, uh, help the what the, the industry 4.0 people are doing in, in Germany with the asset administration shell. We think that plays very nicely to uh, the concept of connection profile. So get involved right now. Most of the activities in the in the DTC, but um, I'd be happy to uh, also uh, liaise with um, other other individuals and other sort of initiatives around um, digital twins and sort of smart systems. Now, I know that a lot of the work that you've done centers around data integration and this co- connector profile sounds very connection. exciting. Connection profile sounds very exciting to those of us who are constantly hearing the, the constant repetition that there isn't enough interoperability between these systems. And then if we do want to solve the digital twin problem, we need to start at the data level or the digital thread level. Now, what might you consider some of the bigger data challenges that we're still trying to overcome? I think sort of um, areas uh, like governance and and, um, privacy and sort of ownership and access of data. Um, um, is going to be are are going to be sort of issues that we need to address, right? So in a way, we know those are issues that need to be addressed. But because it's so hard to integrate data, so hard to make them interoperable, we kind of um, have the opportunity of sort of kicking kicking that ball down the road a little bit, right? But but um, I I would suspect that um, if connection profiles becomes the mechanism to 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 do this. Right, that makes it scalable and makes it easy to do, then it also uh, provides a mechanism to address and to help manage the um, privacy and, and governance of data and who um, who has access to, to data. And also um, uh, create a, an opportunity of um, sort of economic um, opportunity around data, right? Um, a lot of people say da- data needs to flow and data is the new oil and there's value when it flows. Okay, so how do you do that? If I if I have data, it's worth it's worth a lot, right? But it's only worth a lot if it's used, right? So there's kind of a marketplace and a sort of um, um, mechanism that's sort of needed for for data to be monetized um, or sort of used and um, um, and and actually sort of be turned into value 
both for the, um, the the creator of the data or the collector, whoever sort of has the responsi- uh, has the responsibility of doing that, as well as the cons- consumers of data. So I think there, once once we figure out how to make data flow, there's all of the um, regulation and rules and stuff to do with data that we um, then uh, have to obviously um, deal with before. Um, the, the, the the data can sort of flow in, in the sort of the, the way that we anticipate. Great. And I guess for those that would be interested in getting access to these types of integration platforms, where could our listeners find out more about Paddy.io? Paddy.io is the, 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 the domain address of the, the, the Paddy platform. Um, the paddy.io itself, um, if you go there, there's actually not that much information on it because we're still in the process of building it. Uh, you can actually log in and, and um, uh, use paddy.io. Um, there is, uh, if you go to paddy.io slash about, uh, there's a little bit more information, but not a huge amount. Um, uh, again, as we're sort of uh, finalizing the, the product, um, I uh, if, uh, if people are interested in, in uh, sort of understanding Understanding a lot more about the sort of what's behind all of this and what the plans are, um, I'm very happy to um, uh, have a conversation um, uh, just by email or through LinkedIn or other mechanisms. And the, the the other side of it is obviously, as I mentioned, the DTC, the Digital Twin Consortium. Um, there's a lot of um, uh, integration and connection profile related activities there. Happy to do that. And finally, a heartfelt thank you to all of our followers who have been with us so far. If you enjoyed this episode, then please follow us on LinkedIn or YouTube. And better yet, share this episode with your friends and colleagues.